Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go. Lothra, Lothcat, Lothwolf, run. Pick a path, and all is done. War Midwest Guys presents Star Wars Rebels HQ. Continue to allow this war to be fought on the Empire's terms. You are going to lose. All paths are coming together now. As long as we're together, we've got a chance. At least we'll go down fighting. It's time to get to work. Your tie defend us at risk. Krennic has been quite persuasive about his own project, Star Trek. Ezra, it's not whether or not we fight. It's how we choose to fight that matters. I know, Kena. We were meant to be Jedi, so we could be here now, when Lothal needs us most. All the paths are coming together, right? I'm just not sure if we're going to like where they lead. But we never imagined it would end. Hello everybody and welcome back to Four Midwest Guys Presents Star Wars Rebels HQ. Today we'll be reviewing Season 4 Episodes 7 and 8, Kindred and Crawler Commanders. Here to help me do that today is Mr. Brian Eckebauer. Hey, what's up, what's up? What's going on, B? Not much, man. Okay, and my brother Aaron's back. Hey, man. How's it going, dude? Yeah, doing fine. Alright, cool, cool. Well, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, we've got uh, two different episodes to cover, obviously, so uh, let's uh, get right on into it. So uh, this episode pretty much starts off with what I like to call meditation on Lothal. Um, I guess Kanan kind of believes that there's a deeper reason or purpose that they're on Lothal. Uh, like they've always been drawn here before. Well, before I mean, he they seems concerned about it. Like he seems like it, they just keep coming back. Like it seems mm-hmm. more than coincidental before. Right. And he, I mean, he even says that, you know, well, before we found Ezra, which we didn't get to see. Mm. Um, but they said that they were they were... They're going to Lothal and yeah, they kept running missions there. Yeah, for likely. for whatever reason. So they're although he's not sure entirely why just yet, he seems to be uh, really drawn to the planet for some reason, or, mm-hmm. as the group is, or the, whether it's the force leading them there. He just doesn't think it's mere coincidence, I guess. Yeah. So, um, what do you think, Brian? Do you think it's mere coincidence, or do you think there's a deeper meaning? That, that's hard. That's hard to say. There's so many things in this. In rebels that are that we think may have a deeper meaning that don't stuff that we just scoop, you know go right over mm-hmm. and there's much deeper meaning so you know it's up in the air for me. Gotcha. All right, well let's move on to finding the hyperdrive. Um, this is uh, you know last uh, episode they got the hyperdrive off the uh, the defender along mm-hmm. with the data recorder and they hid the uh, the, the, the hyperdrive right so behind the rock yeah behind the rock and. Uh, um, it's Thrawn is not entirely. Uh, Governor Price is sent out to recover it, and he Thrawn doesn't really trust her too much anymore. It's hard to everybody around him has failed him, so it's kind of hard to trust well, yeah, anybody. At the same time, Thrawn technically didn't succeed in you know last season either. No, no, but that's what I'm saying though. But it's one of those. It's one of those. You're only as good as your weakest link. Yeah, and everybody he puts in there in any a- kind of situation, they always fail. So mm, right. Well, I mean, in their defense, none of them have, you know, magic force-wielding abilities. True. But they are the Empire. 
over a bunch of little rebels. And it is, <laughs> and, and we've kind of talked about this before. It's like Thrawn can plan for anything except for the Force because mm-hmm. he doesn't understand the Force. So that's we, true. He does. He does. He's very strategic, and he can plan for almost everything except, except the Force. force. So, um, but anyway, he getting back to the to Price. He's lost confidence in her, and so. Uh, we get uh, introduced to uh, his assassin. He sends up Rook, as he oh. likes to say. Rook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a very heavy emphasis on the Rook. It is. It's more of, it's not, it, we call it, everybody else says Rook. He goes, Rook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost. A, it's almost like he tries to do like a the Mexican R twirl with his tongue. He's like, Rook. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a very Spanish sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Spaceballs. Rook. <laughs> you can read it. No, it's just clearing my throat. It's clearing my throat. <laughs> oh, also, I did forget to mention the Lothcat returns and helps Ezra find the hyperdrive. Yeah, so. essentially, like him is ever out wandering around. Is like, where'd you put it? I don't know. It was dark. We just crashed. And then the Lothcat's like, here it is. Here it is. It's interesting. Uh, the Force really seems to be helping out strongly through the animals mm-hmm. through Ezra right now, uh, and it's unusually strong. I think. Yeah. You know, and uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that, but it, it's definitely the theme uh, so far this season, anyway. Yeah, I mean, especially once we go later in the episode with, like, the wolves and such. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so let's talk about Rook a little bit. Um, he's another Legends character brought into Rebels canon. Uh, uh, again, pulling from what they, they like and need out of the EU and reintroducing the canon. It's something that Rebels has done in the past mm. with Thrawn, especially. And. Um, now we're seeing his uh, his trusty sidekick assassin. Um, now there's been a lot of variations of Rook in the comics. Uh, he's more reptilian, I would say, uh, in the other comic comic renditions and other artists. There's actually even one where he has more like a skull looking face, which is really creepy. Mm. Um, but in this one, they've gone for more of a um, the way he runs is very. Um, uh, ape-like-esque, I guess, mm. would you say, Aaron? I mean, Yeah, it's almost like kind of seeing a gorilla charge or something. Yeah, exactly, except he's very fast, very nimble. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an ape meets a monkey, really. Um, they kept uh, some of his his, his uh, gear is similar, um, but not all of it is. You know, it's 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 a variation mm. on the leather, even. Um, they make, it's, he's kind of a combination of a gray alien, mm-hmm. um, you know, with what you know the uh, the comic version would be of Rook. It's yeah. kind of a, well, a I mean, mirror of the two together. It's understandable to kind of adapt it to kind of make it fit the medium as well. So right, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So um, that and even if you kind of notice his voice, it almost sounds like something like how DC like um, does Grodd's voice. Yes, that's a very they, they, oh, that's they do a very, a good very deep sort of thing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So he definitely seemed like he was uh, a gorilla type, mm-hmm. gorilla esque. Well, and to be fair, he is actually voiced by uh, Warwick Davis, who was in Willow. He was uh, Wicket, uh, mm. the Ewok, uh, and has done other things for Lucasfilm. He's a Star Wars Celebration host yeah. and has done other other projects as well. But they obviously took his voice and made it very deep through the synthesizer mm. and whatnot. I, I like, I, I kind of like this adaptation, though. I, he's, he's much more nimble. He's much more fast. Like in the comics and in the book, he was all about... Um, he would practice his stalking skills. He was more mm-hmm. of a stalker. He was yeah. a reptilian, and he would sneak up on people, even in the Empire, to keep his stalking skills. Yeah, so he sharp. was more like ninja-like in the comics. Kind of, yeah. In this one, he's naturally mm. stealthy and naturally. Yeah, it almost gives him sort of like a hunter sort of feel to it. Like yeah. even if you just yes. kind of see him like like sniffing around, it's like mm-hmm. like Craven the Hunter from like the Spider-Man comics. Almost. Yes. 
Yeah, pretty much. He's yeah. In fact, as soon as we see him, the first time we see him, he's he's smelling the air. And mm. He's like, I smell Lasat. Right. And some other people are with him. You know, he's like mm. a part bloodhound. In fact. I almost wish they made his nose a little bit bigger. It would have looked a little weird, but since he's got such a heightened <laughs> sense. sense of smell, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you do have some animals in the wild that don't necessarily have like kind of large noses, but have the kind of high sense. High sense, it yeah. could be. But yeah, it was. Uh, it's so I kind of like this. He's. Uh, I really like him actually. I I liked him better than I thought I would like him, mm. and I even like the uh, his main weapon, which is the uh, I forget the name of it now, but it's the staff that the. Uh, it's like uh, an electric spear sort of thing. It's yeah, it's it's electric on both sides, and it's uh, it's the same thing the uh, the guards for in episode three, um, the guards for General Grievous. Those are robots. It was the same mm. thing, the twirling sticks and mm-hmm. the electric on both sides, mm. and uh, we see that when uh, you know he combats um, uh, Ezra with his lightsaber. You know, yeah. it's something that can go up against the lightsaber. So yeah, it's <coughs> interesting because like the longer the Star Wars universe goes on, the more you have these random little materials here and there that can kind of survive yeah. what well, at one point pretty much took out everything. Right, exactly, and it's you know um, we, we like I said we've seen this before in Episode Three. We see it again reintroduced in Episode Seven mm-hmm. with that weird whatever baton baton that the the uh, first order trooper has and, mm. and it looks Trigger like or whatever it yeah and it looks like we're going to see it again from the uh, trailer we saw for episode 8 even so you know so um, definitely a strong influence as it were mm. um, so alright let's move down to the next scene I just like to call it tracking down the rebels um, as soon as uh, you know Rook's able to put that little uh, tracking device, Brian. I think you thought he was actually something yeah, they were going to blow him up with. Yeah, or at first it looked like it was like going to be like something that he could re- remotely detonate. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's something like Boba Fett would do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, not something that was going to blow them up, but kind of take out their electronics or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. right. short circuit them. But yeah, and then it just turned out to be a tracker. I was I was kind of disappointed with that. I admit, might be. You were why. kind of hoping it was dual purpose. Like yeah, it tracks them for a while, then it blows them up. Yeah, either that or it just was just a, like you could just. You know, mm. zap it and it sh- short circuits the whole system of the operating system on it. But that could be why I didn't care for that. Maybe you know, not as much as like I care for like Bubba Fett because you know he has cool mm. gadgets and stuff. Um, before that speeder chase, though, the one thing I, I forgot—I <coughs> I, I missed this in my notes, so I apologize. But the one thing that seems to catch Rook off guard is that Ezra's a Jedi. Mm. Like he gets force pushed, and he's like Jedi. You know, right? Yeah. Because for he, he had no, I no, no one. He had no knowledge of them even being there. So when, as soon as he sees it, he's like, crap. Yeah. You know, well, it, was, it, was, like, it was like, now I have to change my tactic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, so I, either he wasn't fully briefed or he just didn't know it was Ezra. I'm not mm. sure which. Well, he was just going on there. Hunting down, you know, Zeb. Right. And he ran into Ezra. Right. So. so even if he was aware of a Jedi being, you know, in like mess ups like for the Empire before, mm-hmm. he may not have assumed he would have been in that particular instant. Yeah. I Plus really. You know, Jedi's are rare breeds at this point. Well, so. they're extremely rare breeds at this point. So there's maybe four, if you count Luke, five. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, in the whole universe. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of fair when you run into one and you're surprised. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I gotta give you credit there. That's that's cool. I did like the speeder chase scene of overall. It was a little bit of back and forth. You got the like I said, you had the saber, lightsaber, and the staff mm. going back and forth mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, you didn't see Rook just like. Running into a rock, yeah. Like he actually is capable of, like, oh, I probably need to avoid that. Okay. And I liked Ezra's tactic, you know, blowing up the rock, and then when he came over, he shot him down, and that's right. basically outsmarted him. So, mm. you know, so I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene. 
So, uh, and then of course Zeb makes a fool out of Price and the Troopers as usual. Right. Even though it's Price that's kind of holding Rook back the whole time, mm. even though she's the one that's the moron, really. But are well, they? I mean, that's that's kind of what we see out of the Empire eventually with a lot of its people. It's yeah, pretty much what Grievous was for like the first two seasons. Yeah, of Clone Wars, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, it, I, it's kind of like that. that they're just made from that cookie cutter mold and they can't see outside of it. That's mm. why the Thrawn's thrown trying to throw a specialist at it. But yeah. she's in command of him, so she kinda keeps pulling him back, so we never really get to see Rook right. in full mm. full stride. Alright, so back at the Rebel camp, um Sabine basically says, I'll try to adapt the uh, hyperdrive of the U Wing and Canyon's like, Oh, this is an old ship. Probably not gonna work. Um <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, uh Hera's like, well we gotta get the the, the data to the Rebel Command, et cetera, et cetera. So it's essentially, this is all we have to work with, so you gotta make do your it, best. Yeah, basically, right, it's the Rebels, that's what the Rebels do best, right, it's make do with what they got, mm-hmm. whatever they can find and scrounge and scrap together. It's that, it really is the perfect example of the used universe star, you know, in the future, in the past, but yet in the future, and yet mm-hmm. used, you know, that whole cool thing that is Star Wars. Um, so, and then Kanan... Sees his opening and goes right back into the whole relationship thing with Harry. He's like, "When do you think you've done enough for the rebellion?" <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they've been uh, they've been fighting the rebellion for a little bit. Yeah, you get burned out, I'm sure. And Harry's like, "Well, I guess when everybody's free and everything." No, I mean when you're done with when the rebellion's over. And she's never thought about it before. Well, she's so caught up. Well, <clears throat> she says she's never thought about it, but that was an awful quick transition to that almost kiss. Yeah. So I mean, you could tell she's thought about it, and you know, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, is when he when he picked up her when he said, you know, what about love? She's like, well, I really thought about it. And he picks up her hand. It's almost as if he's showing her the ring, her ring finger. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really catch pick up on that part. Yeah, so it was. I I felt it was it was one of those like you know in the previous season we got the uh, that part where he meets the father. Yeah, he's you know, all nervous it, and stuff. Yeah, like. so I mean maybe that was kind of like yeah. they thought you could tell they thought about it. Yeah, but this the the, the rebellion has kind of taken over her life. Right, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they they go to kiss again, and uh, basically cock blocked by Zeb and Imperial transport. <laughs> right, I mean momentarily. Yeah. Oh, right, because he didn't call it in, saying, "Oh yeah, well, I guess I should have called it in that I had a rebel transfer." And thank Imperial God, much McCall, it's a bad shot. I know, right? He almost took him out. Jeez, Pete, Ryder was a bad shot. Yeah, uh, that, or you can just you know thank Zeb's quick reflexes. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine how how tragic this, that scene would have been had he actually got Zeb? <laughs> it would have been an interesting way to kind of play that up. Like, oh, you just blasted Zeb's head off because he got the thing for you. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that would go over well with toy sales, much less the kitties. Yeah. But they do kill a lot of people in this series, so. Yeah, we were talking about that. We were watching them done tonight. Yeah. Uh, they kill a lot of people in this series. I mean, like, and, and yeah. like, like you pointed out, it's not so much that you see them actually die... But those of us that are old enough, we know, oh. like, Giant Rock just fell on duty, died. Right. Uh, three, uh, three of them fell off the satellite dish in the last one when he fell off. and You're like, oh my god, they're just killing people left and right. Troopers and are going yeah. down right and now. And there is yeah. no, like, well, I mean, remorse. It's kind of like the Death Star blowing up. Lots of people died on it. You just don't see the blood of it. Right, right, exactly. But that, you know, but that's not a kid's show. No, it's not. And this is, and but yeah, they... They don't. They go very dark for a kids show. Really, yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, historically, there's a lot of kids shows where deaths can be, you know, a prominent theme in it. Like, yeah, and I, and I know we've talked about this in the past podcast, but yeah, for a Disney 
XD show anyway. They're well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. for a Disney, Star Wars... Yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, Lion King had, like, when the main characters die off, like, oh, 20 yeah. minutes into but it. That, but that's kind of like a movie. And then, like, the kid runs away with PTSD for, like, 20 years. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, that's a movie, and it's one death, and it's... You don't... You see him get totally trampled, so he's just kind of... Anyway, I don't want to get into a Lion King podcast, but, but yeah, so... Uh, but, yeah, they do... They do uh, they do kill off a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, all right. So obviously, Rook has used his little tracking device and has tracked them down on the camp. Um, and when we come back to the camp, they are uh, Sabine has got the hyperdrive in, and she's like, "Well, flip a coin, I guess. Fifty-fifty might work, might not." Era's <laughs> like, "Well, I trust your work, but still, it's kind of uh, on a wing and a prayer and a hope, mm. as it always is for the right. World. It's it's one of those like, um, well." It should hold together, but I'm going to say it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put out there that I don't know if it will, just because I mean, that way it is, you know, held in place with a little bit of duct tape. That way like, I'm covering my ass hold. is basically what it is. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, uh, okay, well, if it does this, make sure you hit the jukebox on the right side and it might, <laughs> it yeah. might or might not work. Um, but yeah, so you got that going on. And Kanan finally gets his kiss, um, you know. He's like, well, he's like, here, I don't want you to think, and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, she grabs him and takes... <laughs> takes charge. Takes charge, and... Um, and, then, yeah. and then it was funny, because, like, they're all battling, getting ready to battle the uh, yeah. the incoming incoming assault, and Sabine turns around and sees him kissing, and she's like, she, she hey, and slaps she, him. She bumps, she bumps Zeb, and Zeb turns around, and he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> they're all like, it, it has this weird kind of get-a-room sort of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Kind at the of. same time, like you would assume, like there would be more of that sort of thing, like off screen beforehand, right? Like it's weird that it's like so out of place. You would you would think so, but and then all, and then like then they stop, and she takes like half a step backwards and goes, "May the force be with you." And she can barely get it out, and the door closes like right for her face. And I was like, uh, "Boy, she's all about the dramatic action." I know. Isn't she? <laughs> okay, <laughs> least in there going. Oh golly gee, oh, yeah, yeah, all uh, love struck and everything, but yeah, um, yeah, you see like a fun little smirk on his face. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of you know, well, all right, cool. Um, but let me ask you this because it is kind of a big scene and they do make a big deal out of it because they've been building up to it. Do you you guys think this is the last time we'll see him together, Aaron? What do you think? No, no, Brian. Uh, no. No, no. Um, I mean, keep in mind that we're, we're we've we're recording this after we've already seen two more episodes, right? But and, keep and, it and, in and context, right? Right. But even even still, at this point, I still thought that they would see each other again mm-hmm. um, because I still envision that um, what we're going to see is we're going to see Kanan's death mm-hmm. in Hera's arms. Ooh, yeah, that would be. I, I, I really. I mean, it does kind of put up some red flags, yeah. like how they've been building up. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really think even if it's just, even if it's just as they meet again, mm-hmm. just long enough for Hera to come to be with him as he dies, as, or something. as he passes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I still think it's gonna. We need that. Uh-huh. I think for this series. Well, it really, but, I, but I really think that's how it's gonna play out. Well, it really has the feel of a tragic storyline between the two. It's like. I wouldn't say Romeo and Juliet necessarily, but there's definitely a, a love, love that could have been love that could have been kind yep. of thing kicking. Oh, I agree. What do you think, Aaron? Well, I mean, it has the potential for it. It's yeah. just whether they want to go that route with it. 
Yeah. I mean, it does kind of give the flags for it. I think so. It's like right in your face, but um, I don't know. Well, guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, so Hera flies away um, as the Empire approaches, and uh, she gets through the hype. I really thought that was cool how she got through the blockade, hyper hyper driving her way through the bay of one of those construction fears. Oh, I just love seeing like just the small little burst of fire through the construction thing. Yeah, like you see almost like a sonic boom through it. And, and yep. again, and again, killing stormtroopers or stormtroopers just standing oh, there looking, looking at each other like, I know what the hell is she doing? And then, and then when she comes through, and then you see everything blow out the other the side. side. I'm fairly positive you can make out some stormtroopers. Oh yeah, and like when I see or that pieces every, of them. Yeah, and every time I see that, like because I've seen that episode like like two or three times now. Yeah, and like I picture in my head. One of the stormtroopers, as he's blowing out the side of it, has that, uh, uh, like that Goofy, when he, when Goofy falls off a cliff. Yeah, hoo, hoo, hoo. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get that really? as, it, as the stormtroopers coming through, <laughs> come to blow out the side. Oh. Just make it a bit more Disneyish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amusing in Rebels, but people are gonna be pissed when they start adding that shit to like Episode Eight. And nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait. Why did you make Steam like Mickey Mouse? A Sith Lord. Did I mean, you, it kind of fits. Have you did seen you put on history? your force ears yet? <laughs> ha ha! <laughs> the mouse troopers have come. <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough Disney bashing for now. Well, I'm not even bashing. I'm Disney not either. But, but no. You know. But that scene, though, I, you know, that, that's another thing. That one of the things I do like about Rebels, like I've said in other podcasts, is their uh, the vehicles. You know, yeah. and watching the vehicles interact with other things that we've seen live. Mm-hmm. Like, so we've seen TIE Fighters, we've seen the Star Destroyers and everything, yeah. X-Wings. We've seen them all. And to watch them on screen do some of the stuff that we've wanted to see them do. Yeah. Especially, like, in the in the original trilogy. You know, you're yeah. watching and you're like, all they're really doing is just flying straight. And you're Water like... slightly to You're the like, left. but with my toy in my hand, I can make them do this, and I can make them do this, right. and you can make them do loop-de-loops and everything well, else. And then, you know, now that now we're getting to see that kind of stuff, we're like... Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's funny you say that because every time I watch the original Star Wars and they blast out of Tatooine on the Millennium Falcon and they're about to be cut off by a couple Star Destroyers and, and they go, look look for that Star Destroyer. And Han's like, it's all right, I know a couple maneuvers. And it's just, the Falcon's just going in a straight line, slowly drifting to the right. And you're like, where's the maneuvers? Yeah, <laughs> what maneuver is that? Like, the, I think their biggest maneuver yeah. in, in Star Wars was when they did the... Uh, they're flying across the planet, and they do like the loop to loop to come back down and go into the cave. The loop to loop to the cave through. They got a lot better by Empire because they had a lot more money, right? And that's when you start seeing the Falcon dive and do right, loop to loops yeah. and, and do the stuff that you did with it, you know, yeah. with the toys and stuff. But yeah, yeah. but it, it's just funny you brought that up. That my head because every time I see that, like it's all right. I know some maneuvers. Slowly drifting to the left. Yeah. Like, it's like you're on the expressway. Yeah. There's traffic jam. It's okay. I know maneuvers. And you just kind of slide Sorry. over to the fast lane. <laughs> Go around. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, the rebels get pinned down. They're obviously overwhelmed by the Imperial assault on their camp. Um, they blow up their Imperial transport. Well, yeah, 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 after, right, after, after the line, where yeah, he's right, like, right, all up. we have is this transport in the spike. And he goes... And like as soon as he says it, they blow up the, the transporter. They blow up the transporter, and then Zeb's like, uh, "How can we? How, how many can we fit on a bike?" In fact, this whole scene had a really a lot of comedy in it because, mm-hmm. because they go out to follow the the Lothwolf show up. Ezra's like, "Do you know the way?" And he's they go off, they follow it, and Zeb's like, "It's okay. It's it, it's usually a good thing when it gets strange." And Ryder's like, 
how have you guys lived this long? Yeah. It's just uh, classic, excellent. That, that yeah. is why they've lived that long. Because they're so, like, just unpredictable from the Empire standpoint. Well, they are. Like, because some weird shit. And the Empire's like, did you, what? What happened? Right, because they don't understand the mythology. They followed a wolf into a portal? How, when has there been portals on this planet? Well, outside of, well, well even, be honest, even the Sith probably wouldn't understand the portals, to be honest. Because that's kind of the living force kind of thing. But... You know, outside of is Vader it? and the em- Emperor, there's really nothing. Nobody knows much about the Force. Like outside you know? of like the Squales doing like hyperdrive and, uh, and well, like, that, apparently that's the not wolves the can make portal thing. Yeah, I mean, but the the we'll get to the. Portal At what thing. point have the like has the Force created portals? It's actually, as far as I know, that's new. Okay, but we'll get to it in a minute. There is some similarities I'll talk about. All right. So, um, so yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> But some good comedy there between Ryder. How have you people lived this long? Mm-hmm. Um, Price holds back Rook and calls in her bombers. The wolves make a stop, and they want to make sure that Kanan is towards the front, and they want to make sure he's there. So they make a point of it. Before we go any further, you know, he, the, the, the lead white wolf is looking dead at Kanan. So mm. right away, you know, from past episodes, it said doom. It says doom a lot in this episode. Again, they're this making... Is- it, it's mainly what it says. It's pretty. It's, much, it's the only thing it says so far. So it's they're definitely making a connection that Kanan and this wolf are somehow connected or have some sort of future together. Or, right, right. You know what I mean. Yeah. So there um, is some connection. Some sort of a connection. Yeah. So, and I, I thought it was just kind of interesting that they made it a point for the wolves to stop while they're they're basically running from the Empire and they want to make sure that Kanan's there. So, just their way of saying. Hey, FYI, big connection coming. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think there's anything else to it? Or well, well, I thought it was kind of amusing. They actually stopped while the like mountains around them are being bombed. So if they were actually outside, like mm-hmm. just on the actual planes of it, they probably would have been blown up. Well, they would have, but they you know, this was right before they started bombing. Mm-hmm. Brian, what do you think? Do you think there's anything more to it? Or yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be something. I mean, uh, Kingan does say. Um, you know, I can sense a strong connection to the Force. That's later, but yeah. But yeah, but it's the same, like... Right, but he says, minutes. I can tell they're staring yeah, at me. Yeah, he's staring he's, at yeah, me. He's, he's like, he's like yeah. Ezra says, they're looking at you, and he says, I know. And, yeah. it's, and it's just one of those, like, it's like, all right, where is this connection? Like, where 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 is Filoni taking us with this? Mm-hmm. Because there's obviously a reason... To it. There's a reason to it. We just... What's funny is, I wonder if we're going to be able to... We're going to be like... It was right there in front of us. How did we not see it see when it, it happens? You know what I mean? Right. The, all the foreshadowing and we didn't pick up on it. It's, yeah. yeah, that could happen, especially with Filoni. So you never know. And Filoni is the big on the wolves, so he's got his whole wolf back thing. So, mm-hmm. so they proceed into the cave. Then the Imperials start the bombing, and they see these, these drawings, these cave drawings of people following the wolves. And how about you guys? Not only do you see wolves and people, but and inside these people. It looks like stars to me, or star maps, or star it constellations. Looks very similar to like a constellation. Yeah, um, the, the people not so much like for me. The people not so much, mm-hmm. but definitely the wolf. Yeah, like you could definitely make that that distinction, the constellation map type of thing, and the wolf. Right. Um, and then you and then you even see the portal. Mm-hmm. Well, not at first, but yeah, eventually. Well, you can see it as soon as they walk in the thing before she even before uh, uh, Sabine even turns her light on. Yeah. You can see the all por- on the drawings. Yeah, yes. on the drawings. Yes. You can see the portal, and you're like, "What are we looking at? Like, what is this?" Right. It's pretty cool, and 
So they, they join hands because the wolf kind of looks at him and Ezra picks up on it. <laughs> it looks like, grab my tail. <laughs> <laughs> and so they they walk, so the wolves open up into like this, you know, giant blue force portal. And it looks a lot like, because the wolf's stepping on in, in space, it looks like space. And this reminded me of when Ezra first gets his kyber crystal from Yoda in the Jedi Temple, mm. suddenly he's surrounded by nothing but space. Remember when he did the, like, Tron moment? Right, yeah. that going mm-hmm. on. And then the other time is when he talks to Yoda in, in last season. when they are. So it's almost like a, um, to me, it's like another force plane of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, in, I can see other. that, yeah. But it was, it was really strange. Uh, two parts of that was strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not just beside the fact that they're walking through space, but yeah. um, when, when the wolf s- steps... Mm-hmm. It looks like it's water, like yeah, wet puddles, yes. puddles, puddles as it was walking, yes. which I thought was kind of weird. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, the fact that as they're walking, they pass out. They pass out by the end of it. Yeah, I, I think they're. It's like being overcome, or you know, it. it it's kind of like when it knocks out Sabine. Same thing, you know. It's like, and we see Kylo Ren do it to uh, to uh, Ray. Ray. In uh, episode seven, and being uses overwhelmed the, by the force, being all. overwhelmed by the force, you know, whatever you want to, yeah. Call but it, it. it was just kind of, it was just kind of strange. I was like, okay, yeah. But um, Aaron, I don't know if you you know that. To me, it just reminded me of like another uh, plane of existence. And, and I'm going to use a really strange movie, but um, and I, I don't, I know you're kind of big into myst- mysticism and stuff in different uh, religions. But um, remember, uh, in, in of all movies, I know it's a stupid one to use, but uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, where where they about. both meet in like this yeah. this separate it's like plane, a of, plane of dimension. Yeah, yeah thing. But it's the, like an astral plane. Yeah, that's yeah. so. I know there's some basis in some religions for like an astral plane of existence. I can't and stuff remember like that. where off the top of my head, but yeah, you do have it in some variants of Eastern mysticism. Yeah, um, so not quite like a Shambhala sort of place, but like yeah. just a astral plane. So this is what you know. This this I think this was this is it's or at least it's tied into it because. We see, like I said, we've seen it. We've seen Ezra and Yoda in voice form, and we've seen Ezra and Yoda physically, mm-hmm. even though they're two separate places, meet and talk. Yeah. Here, so. Um, so I'm, you view that as being like them both connecting on an astral level? Yes, uh, using through the force and the force. Mm. You know, literally. You know, maybe I don't want to say ascending necessarily, but kind of in a way. You know, um, temporarily. I don't know. I mean, how else to ascending is might be a word, but that kind of suggests a more like um, permanent thing, like right. A, that's why a I said spiritual like, transformation sort of. Yeah, thing. that's why I said maybe just a temporary kind mm-hmm. of. But anyway, so uh, yeah, but yeah, it'd be something close to like an out of body experience. And yeah, like new age maybe maybe kind of thing. But yeah, so that's uh, kind of what's going on here. So, um, and then the the cool part it was freaky to me, but it was also cool is how. The loath cat is just sitting in the plane, and it looks down through the plane and actually sees them, kind of existing in, in that force 
temporal. Mm. Well, it's like the love cats on the astral plane and then descends so down to like their or more level of yeah. existence. Yeah, it's like it sees. So it's like it can jump back and forth. As it, yeah, at it, most. it's like it can see through the wheat field and sees it underneath them. Yeah, and then jumps, like you said, jumps from one plane of existence to the other, much like the wolves do through the portal. Mm. Well, it's so. interesting because, like with the love cat, you don't see any sort of portal at all. It really is just kind of going back and forth at will. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you later on see the wolves kind of just go Disappear. through the wall. Yeah. So that might actually be a very similar thing there as well. Right. It's like... The portal might just be necessary to transport things that aren't themselves. Not themselves that have the ability to, yeah. to, to manipulate it much easier and do it all the time. Yeah. Probably. Um, which is probably why they're... Nobody's been able to see it because I remember... They started the season, I think they said nobody's seen a loath wolf in like 100 years yeah. or something. So maybe that's why, because they can... Yeah, because they're just not existing on that plane. Right, exactly. Um, all right. So the loath wolf basically wakes up Ezra. Mm. And, um, yeah, and they wake up and they're suddenly... Sabine kind of uses what I like to call her sudden... She pulls out what I guess would be an iPad mm. <laughs> or something. Anyway, she takes some measurements as they walk outside and she goes... You're not going to believe this, but we were in the northern hemisphere. Now we're in the southern hemisphere. Mm. So we just moved halfway across the planet. So I don't know if you want to say the portal went through the planet or what, but it literally kind of did. It depends on how they have that set up here. But if you're assuming that they're transferring from like a, through an astral plane, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have to. It wouldn't just really be, matter. Yeah, it'd be essentially the equivalent of a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Where it's just connecting two dots. Right. And, like, the space in between is just empty. Yep. I agree. You agree. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, it was a, that was pretty cool to find out. You know, mm-hmm. not only did they move, I thought it was going to be a short distance, but an incredibly long distance. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I like Ryder's line. He's like, I'm not even going to ask how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I, I don't like, We're it. already falling wolves. We're, I don't know. Just, it's fine. It's fine. I, I can't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those. Uh, he's like, I'm like, you, you already said when it gets weird, you know, when things start getting weird, that's when it's over. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. Um, so the new cave that Ezra and uh, that they, they end up in, I guess, the new cave dwelling, mm-hmm. it, um, it reminds Ezra of the Jedi Temple on Lothal. Mm-hmm. And we see the drawings of the people, and he says, those are, you know, people coming down. Mm-hmm. He says, well, those must be Jedi, and... And one even looks like Yoda on the ground. Oh, does it? Yeah, because I, I actually did to stop freeze frame to look at it, and make sure I'm not missing, you know. Because look, because Filoni um, loves to throw in little Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and sure enough, one of the little drawings is a little Yoda yeah. with the ears and everything. So, or at the very least, one of his species, sort of thing. Right. Exactly. And then um, Kanan goes, "Well, there's a message here for us." And I don't know. What do you guys think the message is? Because I'm not entirely clear. Yet, what the message is? Um, what do you guys think? They're going to learn to transport to a different plane of existence. You think so? No, not really. Okay, uh, that it'd could, be a weird stretch, though, wouldn't it? Well, it's, like, it's no, not. We're just escaping this plane of reality. We're just we're going to something else. It's not entirely off off the charts. I keep telling you guys about that Mortis trilogy in um, in uh, uh, Clone Wars, and, oh, that, and that's pretty much a different plane of existence. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, Kanan was, he was made a Jedi Knight in a different plane of existence. Yeah. So, I mean, what if all that's connected, and that's why 
they're bringing him up, and that's why we're introduced to this because, um, you know, because we don't see Kanan or anybody. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why we don't see them because in order to get away and get off this planet or whatever, they go through the into this other plane of existence. Yeah. To escape everything. Yeah. There was a part of me that thought for a brief second, I was like, do they die in the bombing? And <laughs> Is this them just like playing out some purgatory? Yeah, kind of. I was like, it did pop in my head for, and obviously that's not what happened, but still. Hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> so Kanan touches his wolf again. The, the wolf says his name, says his last name to him directly. Mm. And he goes, and that's when he makes the reveal that what I talked about last episode was that his given name was Caleb Doom. Mm-hmm. And so that he's obviously the wolf's talking about him, and that's where he says, "Well, the wolf has a deeper connection to the force." Ezra's like, "What well, doesn't everything?" And he's like, "No, this is more focused. Like it yeah. has purpose." So it's you know, a- which is funny, Brian, because uh, you know you brought that up the first time we heard, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh no, no, it's uh, I was so so." And I'm like, "You sure that's what he said?" Like I'm positive it's what he said. Uh-huh. I, you know, it's like kudos to you, Brian, for. You know, catching yeah. that. Thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, as soon as I heard, it, I was like, "Doom, doom, doom." Where have I heard that before? Because I read the, or I got the audio book of New Dawn, which was the book that came out before mm. all this. And sure enough, and they even have a comic book about um, the last Padawan or whatever, uh, which is all about Caleb Doom becoming yeah. Kanan Jarrus. So, so yeah. yeah, they released that around the uh, time Rebels first started. Like uh, airing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like within the first season or so, I believe. But yeah, it's uh, and I've I've uh, I've seen a few things online. I've never actually read one, but it mm-hmm. looks pretty good. Something I want to check out anyway. Uh, but yeah, so um, and then Cannon goes further. He goes, the Empire must be doing something more than just the Tide Defender here. He's like something more sinister. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think that might be? Any ideas? Well, I mean, at this point, you would be assuming they're either searching for materials for, like, a giant kyber crystal like they were before. Okay. That's a good possibility. Uh, either that or it's going into something just completely off the deep end that we're not going to see coming. Yeah, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't. Uh, Ezra did say that, there, you know, because we do know there was a Jedi Temple there, mm-hmm. which means that there is probably kyber crystals there. Oh, yeah. So, but but Kanan thinks it's more than just the, the, the crystals. Yeah. Um... I think they're going to try. They're going to try to reach this like portal like, to get onto the other, mm-hmm. other plane. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. Some the emperor's trying to like they're going I, like full Stargate on it. Yeah, like like the Sith know about it, right? And they know it's there because they know that's how maybe somebody got away or something. Mm. Like we know it's there. We're going to try to find it. Maybe that's what they're trying to. That's a good possibility. And if if anything, if I was the emperor, because I am a Sith lord, if I if I make myself a Sith master so to speak, that I'm going to try to find a way to extend my my life, right? Mm. Because all I know and all I want is the physical plane. Yeah. That's all I think exists. So, Is it weird we actually haven't really seen the Emperor in the show? Yes, and I think it will get to that next podcast. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, I just wonder... If that's not what's what's going on, you know that the, you might be right that maybe that the emperor's looking for a a way for immortality or ultimate power, ultimate power, and obviously the planet has an incredibly strong connection to the force. If, mm. if we're learning anything throughout this entire series, as Lothal is <clears throat> force centric, you know, or it's mm-hmm. kind of like Dagobah, it's or at the very least, it's strong and it, but yeah. it could 
like if there's like a living force, wouldn't it be essentially any planet that is actually like green and lush and like with life would essentially be yeah. deeply connected with a living force? Yeah, but even in the Clone Wars, they go to Dagobah and because uh, um, Yoda in the season six spoiler alert, by the way. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that's a spoiler alert, Brian. Well, it kind of is. It's not I for mean, Clone Wars. It is clone. It's a Clone Wars. I mean, because that's like. How many seasons ago? Well, it's it's season six. Okay. Well, just to be on the safe side. I mean, just, that's like saying the shark dies in Jaws. I'm pretty sure everybody knows. Well, just I've never to see Jaws. Just, just to be spoiler safe. alert. Spoiler alert. Just to be safe. It's fine. I'm not. I wasn't going to watch anything. Just, soon. just to be safe in case you're listening. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at spoiler alert. <laughs> Alright, you've been warned. So in the Clone Wars season six, okay, these uh Yoda's following the voice of uh Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. and he leads him to Dagobah and he says Dagobah and Yoda makes the, the comment the the force is very strong here mm-hmm. and even the um uh, Qui-Gon's voice says, well, it's one of the strongest places in all the universe. Mm-hmm. So, it does bring up the the, the other theory that there are um, forced nexuses, so to speak. Right. So, forced essentially, hot, hot there's, there's yeah. essentially areas where the, like, difference between the dimensions is thinner than others. Or stronger on one side than the other. Like, there are some people... So, Dagobah, Lethal, Jeddah. Jeddah, Jeddah. And there's also... Some people that would say that there are um, the opposite too. There's some for the dark side. Like some fans think, like the remains of Alderaan, because something so horrific happened there. Are mm-hmm. the remains of Alderaan asteroids? Well, I mean, you yeah. do see the Sith Temple earlier in uh, Rebels, right? I mean, so, I mean, that could be an argument for it, right? That there are places stronger with the dark side, and there are places stronger with the light the side. light side. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd be interested to see like the mythology and the mechanics of it, sort of thing. Like, it's never so either been it's, fully explored. But I'd also like to see it on a map. Yeah. Well, either it's a thing where you have the force breaking through the astral plane and bringing energy there, or it's naturally collecting there in almost like a whirlpool sort of fashion. Kind of. It could be either word, and that's where we get the whole living force, cosmic force thing hmm. we talked about. And uh, but again, this whole nexus thing, like people said, like if you get to the remains of Alderaan, which is just a bunch of asteroids, true, but. Because something so horrific happened there, therefore the dark side might be stronger. Well, the funny thing is, there. like that's essentially the same like argument for like ghosts lingering on in the world, mm-hmm. like from like a yeah, right, right, something so, ha- something yeah, so yeah, horrific yeah, like, almost like like the dark memory of it just remains in a, like yeah. some energetic sense, right? right. And, yeah. and that's what they're they're getting at. I think is it hasn't been fully explained. It's it's very it. In official canon, it's barely touched at all. Yeah. But people are making the connection. Yeah. You know. So. um, But anyway. So we kind of got off on a tangent there. I apologize. But it was a good tangent. Um, So, yeah. uh, He goes, Caleb Doom is my given name. And there's a deeper connection to the Force. and um, Sinister. Sinister. You know, the Empire is doing something more sinister here. Um, and then he. This is where we get the line from the trailer. All paths are coming together, but not like we may not like where they lead. And then we get more, and where Ezra's just like, "Do we ever?" Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. <laughs> or it's always a bit of both. Like this kind of worked out, but this part was really shitty. So it's always a mixed bag. Well, yeah. I tell you what, these last couple episodes made Kanan just seem like total idiot. 
I don't know about total idiot. It just seems like he's he's still trying to figure it out, you know. And no, but I mean, like, <laughs> yes and no. Well, it's all about balance, and I, I feel like he's spent all too much coming together. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel like he spent too much time with Yoda or something, you know, and he's trying to be. I don't know. Or he's trying to use Yodaisms, but doesn't know how. Right, exactly. I got or you. Something, something <laughs> along those lines. Um, so the episode ends finally with Hera's return to Yavin 4 with the TIE Defender, gives it to Momotha, and that's where mm. the Kindred ends. <laughs> Which is also like an awkward silence. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like It wasn't like a, thank you, this is going to go great, blah, 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 or whatever. It's it was just, just like, she just hands it. Thing. Yeah, yeah. She like hands it, and then Momotha looks at her, and Hera looks at her like a, and gives that like, Vague smile. It's like so. What just it's a happened? little more than the episode seven ending, right? Right, but it's like what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously she's she's they completed their mission, you know. Right, right. All right, so let's pick right up with crawler commanders. Um, they so starting with they pick up the signal. Uh, Scan the system. Yeah. Um, Scan the system. It did bother me a little bit that suddenly they found a transmitter and they f- suddenly had a speeder. But I did see, I did think about it for a second. And random people and equipment popping out of nowhere. Well, mm-hmm. I did, I did pick up that Jai was was Jai there or not? I don't think he was, was he? Mm-hmm. So again, where the hell did this shit come from? Um, <laughs> like the, they did say that they scrounged for it, which made sense for the transmitter because it looked old, right? So it, it, I could see that being they, they scrounged for it and found it old. Yeah. However, how do you scrounge? For a brand new speeder, bright green, shiny too. Um, this is way random. I'm assuming this he is stole it from a car lot. I'm, yeah. ass, I'm assuming this is a budget cut, and they just happened to, instead of making a crappy looking speeder, they wanted to they pulled something they already had. I, I, I'm hoping either that or there's a backstory about them raiding a village. And they or they had, or they they stole the rich guy's stuff. Uh, Rob give to the poor or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. they just like. We could make a whole episode about them stealing this thing, but like, let's just let's just move on. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe there was a whole episode. Uh, that, that's a good point, Aaron. Maybe I should just get over it. And yeah, be done with it. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know, but in terms of like timeline, it really does seem like it picks up like the next day. So Sabine says that they can use the train. They the, she can't really she can boost the power, but it'll never get past the Empire jamming. But she does pick up something locally, mm. and it's pretty close by. So. Um, so they go on, they kind of scout the, and suddenly we see this giant looking, what looks to me like a sand crawler out of, um, um, uh, A New Hope with the Jawas, except it's on fire and has engines and... It just looks like a giant garbage truck. Kind of, yeah, but that's also what a sand sand crawler is. garbage truck? Yeah, kind of thing. Um, they spot and see that, you know, Sabine says, oh, there's the long range transmitter, so... That's what we need, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's kind of pretty much... That's There's not really much more to it than that, unfortunately, to talk about. Um, no. So moving on, uh, analyzing the, uh, the Rebels break down the TIE, fi- the TIE Defender Elite, because that's what it's called, apparently, the new version. And they... Um, it's the Pro Series. It's like an extra $200. Yeah, they, well, they... <laughs> it comes with a cup holder. Yeah. Well, General An- General Andor comes to the uh, nice leather seats. Comes to the the conclusion that is superior to their fighters in every way. Yeah, they pretty much says like in yeah. a one on one combat, there's no way we're winning in this. Right, thing. and it is a serious threat. Um, but they're unsure if they want to attack mm. because they're not sure it'll be successful. 
and again, at the same time, though, like if you don't attack and you just launch like an entire fleet of those things, like precisely, you're not going to win. You're just kicking the can down the road, and they're going to kick your ass at some yeah. point with them. Right, exactly. And um, yeah, I this is the I hate this part. I, I can't. I've said this before, and I'll say it, it again. Makes it seem weak. It makes it seem weak. This is not the Rebel Alliance that I know, love, or that I thought was. And I know they're still coming together and all that crap. You know, like the politics of them. You I can't be stand like, it. Freedom. Ah! Precisely. That is what the rebels were. They they're there to fight the empire. Well, yeah. Like even if it, even when we saw like um, from what you know what what ended up being the end of Rogue One with. A lot of people gave their lives for this. Yeah. We're thinking they're fighting the rebellion. Like, that's... Yes! People gave their lives, so let's get this. You know, we're going to get it. And then... And to see what led up to it with... I don't think we should go. And then them go off by themselves to do it without anybody. It's like, wait a minute. What is going on here? Like, the the rebels we knew are not the rebels we knew. I know. It's just like... I I can't stand the politics. In fact... It's making me glad that what's his name, um, Leia's stepdad, uh, Senator. Um, I can't remember his last name. That's gonna. Uh, that's terrible. Is it Organa. Organa. Yeah, that Senator Organa actually dies and all in when the they blow up Alderaan. I'm glad he's dead because he's all he ever talks about is we're not ready. Yeah, and we're totally not ready. We're, we're not ready at all. Shut well, up. I mean, grow a pair of balls. Though, like yeah. you're a rebel alliance, man. Like you're. I get You're it. never going to have the force to equal like your own country I, unless you actually. I know they have to... spending up, like, hundreds of years, like, building up your own fighting force. I know you have to choose and pick your battles, especially because of how limited their resources are. I get that. Yeah, but when you see something like, oh, if that's operational, we're just fucked. I just, like, I don't know. I I just don't like to see that side of it. I would prefer not to see it at all, to be honest. You just want it to be, like, romanticized and be a little bravehearty? Yeah, because in my mind, that's what I grew up, man. That's... Well, when you're a kid, you got those, you know, you got... Darth Vader in one hand, and you've got the Rebels in the other, Luke Skywalker. I'm always amazed by how yeah. often you guys use action figures as an analogy for how you relate to this. Well, that that was our childhood, man. That's part yeah. of what we loved. You know, it was Star Wars, G.I. No, no, Joe, that's, that's also one of the reasons I find it funny, like, your favorite yeah. characters are, like, Darth Vader and Boba Fett. Like, the ones that just have, like, really cool armor, like, mm-hmm. it may not have necessarily had the best storyline. Well, that, that they had to make a good storyline for Boba Fett, or at least they tried, because they sold so many action figures. But that's, they, they really didn't get Boba Fett that great start. <laughs> well, they, like I said, tried. But nevertheless, so, you know. But yeah, you know. I know Egg's a big Boba Fett fan. Yes. Still is. It's just the and armor, though. And that it? is probably right. It is probably the armor, the look of him with, like, the visor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything he's got, else. like, cool weapons yeah, and shit. Yeah, and, and his toy had, a, had that rocket, rocket pack, pack that, that shoot. popped, yeah. So you yeah, just kind of point, like, you, you point him. It was, like, it was one of the first ones that had something that shot, and you're like... Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. He has a spring. It yeah, doesn't but, matter. Right, right. But all the other... Up to that point. To your point, to your point, all the other action figures were just action figures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bubba Fett came with a backpack that had a rocket on it that could shoot. So if you got to be Bubba Fett, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your guy can fly. I Nobody would. else's can fly because they don't have... Even if they tried, you're like, nope, you don't have a, you don't have a jet pack. You can't fly. Exactly. And okay. I can blast you with my rocket and mm-hmm. blow you up. I mean, there's some characters that have force abilities. Like, they can do, like, super big jumps. Is that not, not helpful? No, not because we, we didn't... It, it, when we were younger, we didn't have any of that. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the one thing... The one person that would always fight about Boba Fett would be the Jedi, yeah. You would mm. always be Skywalker or maybe an old Ben. You know, I don't know, whatever he had. Or maybe even you put him up against Darth Vader. But, I mean, that, that was... 
That's what she did. Mm. And that was part of the love of... That was part of falling in love with Star Wars was the action, the toys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, seizing the uh, the crawler. Moving on. Um, so, they pretty much easily take out some uh, mining guild security droids relatively quickly. Sabine does, anyway. Um, they get into the control room, and that's where they meet Captain Seavor. Even though they never say his name, that is his name. Uh, he's also voiced by Seth Green. So, Seth yeah. Green makes his... A, Appearance again in Rebels, which I was really, I was really disappointed. I'm yeah. like, when when I heard he was going to be voiced by Seth Green, I'm like, cool, it'll be Seth Green. And yeah. you and then you listen to him and you're like, oh, it's Seth Green doing a voice. What's it's the really matter, Brian? Yeah, didn't like it. No, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fine. It was meant to be like a character. Well, yeah, I, I know. I mean, but it was one of those things. Like I was looking forward to because I was like, I'm a big Seth Green fan. I'm like, cool, it's me, Seth Green. And you're like, watching you're like. Well, I mean, it's not like you're going to get, like, stoner comedy from, like, idle hands. No, no, I know, but but I, I enjoy listening to Seth Green, like, even when he was on when he was on shows, when he was on Buffy, when he was on, you know, yeah, all, all the like, things. this isn't that far off from some of the stuff he's done in Robot Chicken. Correct. I, I haven't watched all of Robot Chicken, I, you know, but it, but it is, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I recognize his voice. Kind of like when I'm listening to Kanan, I can hear Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. You yeah, even I mean? you said that ruined it for me when you when I told you it was Freddie Prince Jr. You're like, yeah, that's all I see now. <laughs> I know exactly. Like, like I, I, at first I was like, oh, okay, this could cool, blah blah blah, and you're like, hey, just so you know, was there know, a movie it, they were both in at one point? It's Freddie Prince Jr. And you're like, I'm like, really? <laughs> and then that's all I can see now is Freddie Prince Jr. doing this, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. And it's it's funny because with not to get off really really off topic, yeah. But all all the Buffy connections now. Oh yeah, they're, they're prevalent. Just, yeah, that's just kind of funny. Yep, Seth just Green. the Buffy verse. Yeah, the Buffy verse spread out into voice. So what you're expecting is just Disney to be like, let's just do a Buffy animated show. Why not? Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Especially if they got Sarah Michelle Gellar. Well, they could do it easily. They got and they got David Boreanaz. Yeah. To do to do Angel and it wouldn't be hard to do probably. But. Although they couldn't get Xander anymore because I think he's in jail for. Domestic violence or something. Oh, that's Disney. They got lawyers. They could get them out. Yeah, I mean, it's not just to go like, off into my Buffy tangent. <laughs> it'd be weird to put it on Disney, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I think so. Uh, uh, who knows, man? All right, so uh, yeah, they, they they quickly take care of Captain Seavor, but not before he activates his distress button. And but luckily, they've got Ezra, who does a pretty good Seth Green as a lizard. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. Not really, I mean, but. It was close. In the very beginning, it was close. It got yeah. worse as it went farther and farther. farther in the very beginning, you're like, oh, that's actually pretty good. That's right. It's just funny, like, you can see him clamping onto his throat, trying to, like, make it sound more hoarse. Hoarse, mm-hmm. yeah. What's the matter? <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think I got an engineering, but I think it's actually the core reactor room. Um, yep. They run into Visago, apparently. Visago is, uh, was apparently... Forced into mining guild slavery for helping the rebels. Yeah. Right. Break they took his in. pigs. They t- yeah. Took his ship. Took his pigs. No more puffer pigs. Um, and he thinks they came to rescue him. And I love Kanan. He's like, yeah, yeah, man. Of course we did. Of course we did. Sure. Leave you, guy. Yeah, look at you. Uh, yeah, there you are. You're, I told them you were there. my friends and you were thought I was special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps talking about, see, my friends, they're here. Um, oh, I mean, like. You seem pretty excited about it. You didn't want to break his heart. Well, yeah. I guess if you're stuck as a slave and you, yeah. oh, freedom, that, and that's your one hope too. Like you're, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, 
my friends will come get me. They're my friends. They'll come get me. Of course they'll come. Yeah. Which I thought actually wasn't his. I thought it was it was a uh, whatchamacallit line. Who's the other guy we like? Hondo. Hondo. I yeah. really thought that was a, that felt like a Hondo line. He's very close to Hondo now. The mm-hmm. Zago is. Yeah. There's not much difference at this yeah. point. Um, well, I think Hondo's a bit more funny. But. Hondo is much more funny, but right now this version of a Zago we have at the moment is very Hondo esque. Yes, it is very much so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, they encounter the foreman. Um, which is a large transdotion. So is Seth Green's. His was just a little bit of a smaller, slightly different, I guess. But he's a larger one. He looks very much like Bosca, the bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back. For those of you who, the reptilian bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Now, what if so. this was a relative a Bosk. of Bosk? And that's why Bosk goes and tries to become a bounty hunter to hunt down rebels. Ooh, maybe, maybe. Oh, it's like his uncle. The deeper meaning. Mm. Yeah. Look at Brian expanding his mind. Yeah. Uncle Foreman will be avenged. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah. So, uh, and the cool thing about him is he has an electro whip, uh, which he manages to disarm Kanan with, which pretty effective. I mean, mm-hmm. takes out his lightsaber. Is anyone actually hoping that does pop up in like a live action film at some? Yes, point? I do. Because that I, does seem like it'd be kind of a cool addition. It's a badass looking thing. Other than I think Brian, you called it the. What the Wonder Woman thing of yeah. truth or whatever, but yeah. lots of lots of truth. But it, it is pretty cool. Yeah, and I was really hoping Zeb would keep it too at the end of the, the episode. Yeah, and like he, he rolls it up on his hip like Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, I was like, damn, it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe you'll see it a few episodes down. Just be like, oh, I'm glad I kept this one. I do. Yeah, I mean, it may be it, like they have to get, they have to get across some kind of ravine, and he mm-hmm. throws it up there, and they swing across. Yeah, it'd be fucking. And you get that little background music of Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be sweet. Because I mean, <laughs> it, it, it is Disney, both, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they own yeah. It. Why not? Um, but yeah, it's very he's very effective with it. He disarms Kanan. He wraps Kanan in it, and luckily Zeb comes to the rescue. Uh, the whole fight scene between Zeb and the foreman was. Pretty pretty cool. It was, yeah, it actually was a pretty decent fight scene. I, I thought it was part Indiana Jones and part wrestling. Uh-huh. Yeah, you definitely have a lot of things where it's shot like the same you would for a wrestling movie. Yeah, I mean... Because you have them like clashing and they're like head-to-head. Head-to-head. Like, so you go for that like from like the blow shot sort of thing. The foreman suplexes Zeb. Yeah. <laughs> which I was yeah, like, okay. Yeah, clearly taking a lot of heavy inspiration from Hitting it. the head against the pole. I was like, oh man, I'm watching WWE Yeah, here. it's like yeah. the same thing you would have like in the corner. Yeah, you know? exactly. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting between this fight was that they both could use all four limbs. Yeah, yeah. which was cool. And they could you see it, Zeb more or less punching with like his feet? Punching with his feet. This, uh, the whatchamacallit does this almost the same thing where he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting, he's holding back and he kicks him and everything else and they're in the ground, they're, Underneath the underneath the walkway, and they're punching each other. They're holding on with one hand and yep. punching the other. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, dude. It was like, and honestly, the foreman was pretty much an equal match for Zeb, really. Yeah, all the way up to the end, which was cool because it was muscle against muscle, and yeah, it was a nice wrestling match. You know what else was good about this was the, the fight. There wasn't a lot of walking, so we didn't have to get that awkward Zeb motion. No, it, but they it used was it very. Really it well. was very fluid with him being able to use his arms and move. He used his legs, his legs to pull him down. Yeah, yeah, which was very Batman mm-hmm. original Batman eighty nine esque. Um, but yeah, it was very cool. Um, so we switch back to the council meeting. Uh, the rebels are worried about a little thing. Not only are they worried about this tie defender, but they're also worried, apparently, Mom Mothma says about Protocol 13 is being enacted by the Empire, uh, which apparently is the immediate evacuation of occupied worlds, which got well, me... Th- a occupied world. An occupied world. So, got me thinking, hit, turned up, hit my memory, went, aha, Rogue One. What happens in Rogue One? They evacuate Jeddah. 
Mm. They right before they blow up the city. So, are we have the rebels gotten forward of that? And just are we are we at Rogue One or are we in the Rogue One timeline? The only thing that hasn't happened that doesn't support this theory is we haven't seen Saul Guerrero get hurt enough where he has to wear his like breathing apparatus. breathing apparatus. So, good question. Um, in Rogue One, during the earlier scenes when you first see Saul, when um, the one woman steal the child, does he have the breathing apparatus? No, 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 okay. he does not. So that so it's only right before Rogue One that we know he does have that. Well, it's like right as when we meet him in Jeddah, that's when we we know he's got one foot, mm-hmm. one robotic foot, and then he's got the whole breathing apparatus. Mm. And even he's like, "There's not much of me left," you know. Yeah. Which is and that's the other mm-hmm. reason why this this doesn't fit timeline wise for me because we we know from that that Saul Guerrero had that for a while. Seemed like it anyway. Like, like I mean, he, he seemed because he seemed very comfortable with it. Yeah, and you could tell that he's he had put the way the oxygen mask numerous times, the way that it was worn and stuff. Yeah, and like you said, we haven't seen it yet in Rebels. He wasn't getting around real well though, so it and is that's what I'm saying. Possible. So it, it seems like he's hey, he had it for a while, maybe, like, or he just it just had happened, and that's why he's taking so long to get places but it, it could be both I ways like, I don't know it'd be kind of disappointing if you're like oh yeah no he just lost his foot because he was diabetic like well, that yeah, would be no, super disappointing no, right no, no that's not gonna happen <laughs> but yeah no like he's just he has breathing problems like he all, just got old <laughs> we aren't gonna win because I my sugar levels are low <laughs> I just think we're I think we're it, part of me thinks we are in the Rogue Rogue One has already started and but yet because we haven't seen the thing happen to us all we're not quite there yet, but we're getting damn close because they already have reports of evacuating an occupied planet. Mm. Well, they just they just they just heard it get sent out. That doesn't right. mean it has happened yet. So right. So well, then, um, earlier in one of the previous seasons, we do see that one planet that's essentially been destroyed and wiped out. That was like a uh, factory planet, right? Uh, that was Geonosis, but they didn't really blow anything up. They just, just they wiped off the inhabitants. The inhabitants. They kind of went through. So it could be a similar style. incident to that. Right, it's definitely beyond that, but because um, really we just know that they're, you know, leaving said occupied planet. We don't know right. how they're what we they plan to do with the regular occupants right. or anything else. Right, but I think it, the fact that they they go out of their way to bring it up is mm. a clue that they're trying to give us. It's just yeah, it's meant to be a hint of something down there. And right. how did they find out what Protocol Thirteen means? I don't. I guess they just spies. Spies, or, oh, I guess. You know what, Cal is probably. Well, that yeah, that could be too. That, that, yeah, there there you book. go. It's like Emperor's <laughs> Handbook. Emperor for du- Empire for Dummies? Yeah, exactly. What is, what is, what is Protocol 13 mean? Yeah. Evacuate planet. Holy crap. Oh, oh an occupied planet. Did you guys read page 25? <laughs> <laughs> we are so fucked. Anyway, um, anyway, no. Um, so Hera barges into the council and basically pushes Senator Organa to the side and uh, you know, gives her big speech. And, mm, fuck you know, off, hologram. It's yeah. my turn to talk. Now's yeah. the time to strike, you know, essentially. Mm-hmm. It was a good speech. I'm just, yeah, last few words, time to strike. Yep. That's pretty much all there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, the Empire inspects the uh, the crawler. Um, it looks like uh, his, uh, his beacon was enough for them to send a couple bands of stormtroopers out. Yeah, well, apparently the money goes like, we could send our own people, but like, there's Empire on fly. Just let them do it. Right, exactly. So they're coming, and uh, they decide to use uh, Visago as their acting captain, mm. and they use Zeb as the foreman, who has the whip, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically just convince the troopers not much is going on. Um, they, they're successful in that. And then Sivo, however, it gets, escapes, which is lucky for them, because if he had just stayed in the damn... 
Yeah, they would have found back him. room. They would have found him, and he, that would have yeah. been it. So because Misaka was like gone. I mean, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another Hondo kind yeah. of moment. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but we find out that Sivo has escaped through uh, the ventilation shafts and threatens to blow up the whole crawler. Um, so, which they send, uh, they, they uh, was it, um, Kanan and Zeb try to get into the uh, the refinery room again, but he su- he sealed it. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Kanan knows it's magnetically sealed, even though he's blind. Uh, <laughs> he, he can feel the mag- force, <laughs> the force the of the magnetivity. That's it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not just the living force or the cosmic force, but also the magnetic, magnetic force. force. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gravity still works here too. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, there is still some physics in fantasy, fantasy sci-fi land. Um, <laughs> so they send Ezra in uh, back. He has to go through the ventilation shafts like he used to, and he doesn't want to. And even he says, "I don't I mean, do he, this he anymore." He has got a bit of a growth spurt. That's what I was gonna say. Now he's much bigger than what he was before. So right. it's a lot tighter. He's, he's got like wiggle a little differently. Yeah, um, it was funny though, just the same day it was like old times, I thought, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> a decent but very short battle between Sivo and Ezra, a good fight. But in the end, he slips on Ezra's lightsaber and falls into the, finery, the, the refinery furnace, which, um, Ankabar, you think might be Ezra not being very Jedi like. Oh, yeah, I mean, because he, he, saw, he saw it there before, before he stepped on it. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was getting ready to say, you know, watch out. Instead, he just lets him do it, lets him fall in, right. and then goes, watch out. Like it was like watch. that's that is so not a Jedi thing. That is so maybe not maybe not so much dark side as gray, the gray area. Uh, it's like definitely it's a gray. Expect yeah. more from like a rogue or a pirate sort of thing. Yeah, but it's def it's de- it definitely is not a Jedi thing because no. a Jedi's there to save lives. Unless it's mm-hmm. you know you can't. I mean, and Sivo was not a threat. So, he did try to kill him, but he still he wasn't a threat. Like you could tell, he wasn't a threat. Yeah, and it was just one of those things. Like use the force to save him from going in. Exactly. Like he didn't do anything. He just lets him fall and goes, "Watch out!" Like, oh, that was kind of dark. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like, oh, well, you're kind of a pain in the ass. Let's let's, let's just nature. And he does story. have a smirk on his face the whole time, like he's enjoying watching this guy's right. pain in the and, ass. Go and so away. after I said that, didn't you yeah. didn't you notice when you're watching it? Yeah. Yeah, you might have a slight point. You have a slight point. I don't think it's full on like dark. Right, dark it's side. not dark side like with the with the what call it um, with the eyes and everything. But yeah, what what was it? Was the, the triangle, triangle thing? What was the triangle thing? Holocron. Holocron. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that. like that. No, but it was definitely like a, one of those like the gray area where you're just like, yeah, go ahead and kill yourself. Oh, watch out! Hey. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, don't do it! No. Oh. <laughs> It could be. I mean, he he does take a little bit of pleasure, and that is something a Jedi... It's not a Jedi... No. ...trait, per se. Um, All right, so, uh, finale of the episode, they get the signal out to Hera. They get some new recruits with the the slaves who are going to follow the big purple guy, (laughs) which is Zeb. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll follow the big purple beast. Yeah. But 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 they weren't, like... They weren't skilled technicians. They weren't... It was just random people. Well, they kind four, of three, three, four random people, whatever it was. But it was just like, huh? Okay. Well, well the rebels did how to run the ship, so it's yeah, something. I guess so. So I mean, yeah, I guess they could be kind of, kind of labor. Whatever they want to use that for. Yeah. And the rebels are a little short-handed on Lothal, so yeah. I think anything. Any general labor is fine. Quick, give them pitchforks and crowbars. <laughs> 
What about torches? You forgot the torches. Yeah, torches. Torches. Torches, too. Must have torches. All right. Um, and they make Vizago captain of the crawler. Correct. So at some point, I'm sure we'll see him again. So he did get his own ship. He did. He's now a crawler commander, Captain Captain Vizago again. Mm-hmm. Um, Hera, res- Hera finally responds to their message. They get a message out to her. She responds. She says, the fighters are being fueled and the bombers are loaded. We're going to attack the Lothal factory. Right. And, and, and Ezra's all happy because he's like, Finally, the the, ba- the the attack's gonna happen. The battle's gonna happen. Yeah. Yes, and I told my mother that you would you would coordinate the ground attack. You can count on us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, things are set up. We're finally gonna see the attack on uh, on Lothal, which I think we're being set up. I think I think it's a it's a setup for a failure. Uh, like, probably. Yeah. I think it's a setup I mean, for a with, failure. With Thrawn on board, yeah, more than likely. But well, nevertheless, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, guys. So uh, we've gone through this very late. We've gone through this uh, both these episodes uh, at uh, nauseum almost. So let's go right to final thoughts and grades. All right, Aaron, your final thought and grade uh, for. Let's start with uh, Kindred, and then uh, we'll do uh, Crawler Commanders after. So first, uh, let's do a round of Kindred. Your final thoughts. Um, I think they're both a solid B. Uh, okay. Not, not to go out of order too no, much, that's fine. but no, I mean they're both decent episodes. They both add to like kind of the plot line. They both with um, Kindred, you definitely see like some more of the mystical stuff, the more Jedi stuff. Mm-hmm. You definitely see where it goes into it. Uh, and it really kind of adds to like kind of the background of the universe a little bit as well. Um, and with Crawler Commander, we have some funny moments, some decent fight scenes, and like it's an overall fast-moving plot, you know, for the episode. Okay. Um, I will go off and say I liked Kindred a lot better than I like Crawler Commanders. I'll give Kindred an A, maybe even an A plus, just because of the Force, the mysticism of the Force, the the revealing of new things in the Force, the Force portal, obviously, the wolves and. The connection to the forest, the connection to Canaan. Loved all that stuff. Um, loved the introduction of Rook. 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 Whatever you want to say. Um, and how they, they animated him. So I really liked the first episode. Uh, loved Kindred. Crawler Commanders, not as much. It, it It's still necessary for the bigger picture of the story, but it's more... It almost, it almost feels like a side story. Um, but it did have good action. It did have... It was, was still fun. So I'd give that about a B, B to B plus somewhere in that range. Uh, Brian? Uh, yeah, you know, I like Kindred. Um, each, each one of these episodes, Kindred and the Crawler episode, um, they both have their good points, both have their bad points. I really like the the whole adding to the force with the cave paintings and the you know walking through the portal and everything else. Um, some of the funnier spots, you know, like the humor in it was good. Um, I'm gonna go back to something we've talked about, you know, in you know seasons past. These episodes are so short. Yes. And so. even though we're getting an hour, two, even though we're getting an hour because we're getting two episodes at once. Yeah. Um, like Kendrick could have been so much longer. Oh yeah. And, and just. And we would have been entertained because of the, you know the cave paintings and even if they did um, kind of like a flashback scene, right? So mm-hmm. they pan up to the, oh, yeah. they Touch pan, the wall. Pan, pan up to the drawings, mm-hmm. then you kind of you kind of see what happened to cause those. Even if it's just like, um, um, oh, what's we we'll call it? Even like like Moana, okay? Oh, okay. So like like where his. Or like, where, where his tattoos show what happens, or or like they did with the Mandalorian and the right, Jedi, yeah. right? So and, you can see what happens, and mm-hmm. even if it's just even if it's just like really rustic drawings, you see the drawings mm-hmm. move and stuff like that, right? 
I think that would have added to this episode. So I, the, the length of these need to be so much longer, especially since it's the last season and they're trying to fit it all in. Right. Um, overall, for me, combining both episodes, because that's what I'm kind of doing because we're getting two per week, right. um, I would give it definitely a solid B. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for me, even pushing it to the B+, because we get you know we get to see a lot of action stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, there was some vehicle, vehicle mo- good vehicle moments mm-hmm. in these. Um we got to see a little bit of the lightsaber in the beginning with Rook, and uh, when they come over the hill, and they're like, "It's Ezra, shoot, blast him!" And, yeah. and he's, you know, kind of doing that. Yeah. So I gave it a BB plus. Okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, so real quick, where can you find four Midwest guys? It's real simple. It's one stop shopping. You type in the number four, then you type out MidwestGuys.com. So again, that's the number four MidwestGuys.com. Again, the number four MidwestGuys.com. There you will find links to our iPad, I, iPad. To our uh, <laughs> to our I iTunes, iTunes, uh, Facebook, uh, our uh, uh, Twitter account, Podbean account. It, there's links there. So you can like, follow, subscribe. All of our podcasts are there in chronological order, and they're also categorized at the top. You click the links, and it'll take you to everything. So if you just want Star Wars Rebels, click Star Wars Rebels, and every uh, episode is there in chronological order. If you just want. Uh, say our Marvel DC Kings, you click Marvel DC Kings. If you just want uh, our uh, any, we have two different uh, Game of Thrones podcasts. One being uh, the Knights, uh, uh, the <coughs> uh, the Knights Watch. Click the Knights Watch, and you get just that podcast. So it's one stop shop again. It's the number four MidwestGuys.com. All right, well, Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, another thing we did tonight yeah. uh, we haven't done yet, but okay. I, I wanted to try to start doing a little more social media stuff. Okay. Um, I did post a couple of pictures of us doing the podcast tonight on Instagram, okay. which is, uh, I won't believe it's at Angstone. Um, I'll have to double check that because I haven't actually used my Instagram account until tonight. Okay. Um, except for a couple other posters, pictures we've done before in the past. The other thing I did is I periscope for a little bit for our, our beginning of our episode. Oh, okay. Uh, so they can get a, you know, a feel for what we're, where we're at right now before we get to move into our new studio. Woo, it's coming, it's coming. Um, Sometime. But yeah, so you go catch us, catch us on all these different platforms, media platforms, wherever you... Wherever you like to go, be sure to check us out. Absolutely. All right, and Aaron, thanks for joining us. And this is B. Willie saying, may the force be with you always.